0: This episode of the Rock and a Hard Place podcast is brought to you by Tweaked Audio at TweakedAudio.com. Use the code HARDPLACE to receive 33% off your order. That's TweakedAudio.com. This is the Rock Rockin' a Hard Place podcast.
1: I'd sit this one out, Cap.
2: I don't see how I can.
1: These guys come from legend, They're basically gods. There's
2: only one god, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that
1: power of the dark side let's not stand on ceremony here and now here are your hosts chris cougar and paul Gibson.
0: that's right it is chris and paul back at it again after a uh a week hiatus not not a not weak as in not strong but as in we took a week off because i Wanted to take my family on a little vacation, so I am still exhausted (laughs) and trying to recover. But hey, we're so glad to be back. What's going on there, my friend, Mr. Gibson?
3: Oh, nothing much. You know, just still looking for work in the big city, trying to keep my head above water and, you know, raising the little one, which is always a lot of fun. She's growing more every day, and good news is I finally was able to hunt down the tooth and nail onesie that I got that was packed away in a box, so... Nice.
0: Good deal. Well, uh in our efforts to try and keep this show as near an hour as is physically possible, we are going to dive right in and Paul, you've got a couple of news items that you wanted to talk about. So let's uh let's hit the ground running.
3: All right, sounds good. Well, first off, Andy Minio's new album, of course, called Uncomfortable, did really well. It landed at number 10 on the overall top 200 on Billboard the number one independent record in the country, so the independent charts, it was number one, and number three on the hip-hop charts. All this is on its debut, and so that's pretty
0: stinking cool
3: because, you know, any time that uh, Christian Artist lands on the Billboard Top 200 anywhere is good, but, you know,
0: number 10. Yeah, now, is this, is this a full-blown album or is this another EP?
3: it's a full blown album which I'm not quite sure how I feel about it thus far I've only heard the two tracks they haven't sent me the full thing yet uh which I, I don't know what I gotta do for that because I mean I did do an <laughs> interview with him but you know whatever um but they're different I mean they're they're not hooky they're not really radio friendly he was very upfront about that he's like you know because this isn't really an album that's meant to be singles this is meant to be like my opus my artistic thing you know and so uh the first the title track doesn't even have a chorus it's just Like, there's no repeating parts at all. And so it's not as, like, it's not an earworm kind of album where it just kind of gets into your head. You're not going to just find yourself singing lines from it after the second listen. Okay. Uh, It's well
0: done. It's just very different for him. So, you know. Good deal. Well, I have not heard it yet either. Uh, So I'm hoping. uh, Kirk says it's good, but it's very different from his last two albums. Uh, You know, so that's, I mean, Uncomfortable, I think, plays part into that. You know, like, that's part of the reason why he titled it that way. It's interesting that you would find an artist, especially nowadays, making an album that is not intended to, like, with the the thought in mind of how many singles am I going to get off of this album. Because that just seems so counterintuitive to the way the business typically runs today.
3: Yeah. Um, Agreed. You know, so. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just agreeing with you. I I think that is kind of interesting because you're right. It is. There's no shortage of everybody trying to find that song that's going to be big. That's going to have just tons of downloads because it's that catchy. Or in the case of the Neverland EP, have a song on it like You Can't Stop Me that just gets played at sporting events and ends up being the MLB walk up song of the year. And,
0: And that's huge.
3: Totally. And. It's interesting because his reaction to that wasn't cool. Let's do that again. It was like, ah, okay, so I've done that. Let's do something different. (laughs) You know, I I, I think that shows just how unartistic or maybe lazy I am because that would not be my reaction. I'll be like, all right, Neverland part two coming up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally totally see you there. I I would think that you would want to, like, recapture that lightning in a bottle, as it were, and so it's it'll be interesting I mean obviously people are enjoying it if it hits at number 10 um, yeah. which those kind of ratings are they're not like based off of sales there's some other promotional stuff that goes into that for an album to like launch at number 10 it's got to have some considerable buzz around it because it can't launch and have sold enough copies to like get it up to number 10 without other considerations being taken into account I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that when they look at you know uh billboard's top 200 albums is is their their counts are a little bit different especially when something's brand new
3: agreed wholeheartedly yeah and and it's funny because talking about albums that are different and not necessarily geared towards radio play as much as as previous efforts i think this one's a little different because i think that just with a teensy bit of work these could be radio play albums but i finally got a chance to sit down and listen to the new pod record all the way through
0: gotcha I haven't heard it yet. I did get the new <laughs> Striper album though, and was listening to that today. Mm. And that's, that's some tasty tunes right there so far. So nice. I am, uh, I'm looking for it. Uh, I have an email into the, uh, the folks that, at, uh, that are promoting the Striper album. They actually emailed the rock and a hard place podcast and asked us if we wanted to do some stuff with the album. So I have an email back. I'm, waiting to hear from them to see if we can do maybe something like what we did with Disciple a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. But uh, here's to hoping that maybe they'll smile on this poor little podcast and uh, <laughs> allow us some fun. What's the other news em- story?
3: Emphasis you... on poor. So go visit us on Patreon. Right. Donate.
0: Give us your hard-earned <laughs> money. I love the way you segue. You segue like a DJ. That's right. It's awesome. What's the oh. other uh, news article that you wanted to chat about?
3: Well, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but Decipher Down, working on a new EP and they've launched yet another crowdfunding campaign. So, hopefully they learn from the last time, they promote the mess out of it and get funded this time around. They're doing good thus far, but you know, they've they've got to go considerably further than last time where they reached like maybe 15-20%, I think. It was it was pretty sad.
0: Yeah, we never really heard much about it until it was too late to really help them promote it. So, um You know, when you do a crowdfunding thing, like we've mentioned in the past, you've got to be pretty much ramming it down people's throats. You need to make them sick of it so that it'll get funded and they don't have to hear about it anymore.
3: Right. Well, they're shooting for 30,000 this time. Um, They've been doing it for 11 days as of this recording, and they've had 105 people pledge almost seven grand. So they're at 23 percent with 49 days left. So they got plenty of time. They just don't need to rest on the laurels about it. They need to really just hammer it home. Who are they
0: crowdfunding it
3: through? Uh, Indiegogo. Okay. Dot com. All right. But just... they, they do have flex funding. So if they don't reach the goal, they'll still get the money. They just won't get as high of a percentage of the total as they would if they reach their goal. Gotcha. Okay.
0: It's a, That's a nice feature for fans that uh, are worried about getting the whole amount. You know, Kickstarter, I don't think you have that ability. I think it's kind of an all-or-nothing deal. Um. So it's nice that Indiegogo offers them that flex funding to where you at least get a percentage of what was pledged if you don't make it to the whole, uh, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. So, awesome. Agreed. Anything else?
3: Uh, Yeah, just one more thing. Uh, There is a new signing to Bad Christian Records. Uh, They are, or Bad Christian Music, I think as it is, but uh, the band Sherwood. Now, ironically enough, right before I moved, I lived one town away from a town called Sherwood, but no connection there but anyway <laughs> evidently they're kind of an indie rock band that had done really well many years back okay and they are now reuniting to do a new record they're also doing an indiegogo campaign to fund the record but it'll be released through bad christian music and even if you just get a chance to swing by maybe uh their facebook page or uh they also have a news article up about it on Hideout.com. The video that's promoting it, it's pretty funny. It kind of takes on the Back to the Future theme, and, and it's quite amusing, so you got to check that out. And uh, nice. I don't know that much about them. I remember them being a somewhat big deal, like everyone thought they were kind of on the verge of something big, and then I think they moved, and so they didn't do anything else. But Isn't, that,
0: isn't that normally how it works? Like, you're right yeah. on the cusp. You know, if you can hang out for another six months, you might actually cross that threshold or another year. You might cross that threshold, and then you call it quits, little knowing that if you would held on just a little bit longer, you might have actually made it.
3: Yeah, so there was that. But anyway, I think that's all I've got as far as, like, actual news. I think everything else is just kind of this, you know, not, I mean, my stuff that's interesting, but not really news.
0: Well, I can tell you, Tim's been going crazy lately with adding new singles to the Broken FM rotation. In the last two weeks, we've probably added, like, 12 or 15 new songs wow. uh, to the playlist. I mean, it is it is crazy thinking about all the new music that is out there right now. So I'm hoping that that means more albums are coming in the near future. We added like a Beartooth, mm-hmm. uh, which is a hardcore band typically, but, uh, you know, they've got a daytime friendly one that we've added. Uh, Syndrome of Fire, we, we have talked about. Um, right. You know the Tree sixty three song we've actually added to the rotation. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff that is coming out. Where uh, they they recently serviced us the new um, Steve Taylor, so we added that a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Send so that to me. I mean,
3: I've got the whole record. Well, so I mean, there is right. that, but I didn't know that he was actually releasing a single to Christian rock. That's the first I've heard.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's on there. I think uh, only a ride is what he's uh, is what he's pumping as the new oh. single right now. Oh okay. so, cool. yeah. So there you go. It's uh it's moving and shaking in in uh broken FM territory, that's for sure. Well we got a review this week, so let's go ahead and dive in and see what it is uh that we are going to be uh treated to, shall we?
1: Now here's something we hope you'll really like.
0: And a hard place new music.
1: OD, the awakening.
4: One of the powerhouses of the late 90s and early 2000s have emerged with their ninth full-length LP, The Awakening. Fans have watched the band rise, peak, plateau, and plunge all at some point in their career. While most work after the critically acclaimed satellite has been subject to some level of scrutiny, 20 years with no signs of letting up has to say something, even if saying something means their best years are behind them. The Awakening is a record shrouded in conspiracy, paranoia, and secrets. Where songs usually focused on life, faith, and relationships, this album leans towards darker themes for artistic purposes, and not just to be dark. I am sure 15 years ago, this album would have upset parent groups around North America, claiming P.O.D. had sold out and were giving kids a hopeless message. The album opener, Am I Awake?, starts off with over a minute of various dialogues, including a very infamous statement by former President George Bush. The dialogue is sadly drawn out, and on my first listen, I began to think that this first track was nothing but talking. It's really too bad it wasn't placed in a separate track. The Awakening is a concept album, and when I think of concept albums done properly, I always go back to Project 86's Truthless Heroes. All the dialogue bits are placed onto separate tracks, so you can skip them if you wish. That to me is always a bonus as there are a few dialogue pieces found here on The Awakening. Otherwise Am I Awake is a mid-tempo rocker with some nice clean picking during the verses and some slightly heavy riffs during the chorus. Pretty on-par structure for a P.O.D. song. Personally, I feel as though Am I Awake is a bit of an underdeveloped song. It's not bad, I just feel like it's missing something. Maybe some more chord progressions, another bridge, or something along that line. This Goes Out to You is the lead single from The Awakening, and while it is catchy, lyrically it's kind of to be desired. Not a bad tune, just not a very strong one. It took a few listens before I really began to appreciate it. It's lyrically simple course may turn some off, while for others it may be its more pop-rock influence. It reminds me of a live mixed with some elements off their self-titled album. This Goes Out To You has been on the charts for 11 weeks and has currently peaked at number 3. Rise of NWO gets interesting as Sonny's hip-hop influence is felt. Without being too guitar-heavy aside from the chop riff during the chorus, the song is aggressive in its own right. The chorus, if you can call it that, isn't sung but more of a chant scream, which changes up the flow quite nicely. Criminal Conversations features Maria Brink from In This Moment, and honestly, this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Brink just adds some nice melody to this song that really makes it stand out. Criminal Conversations is a slow dance of a song where during the verses there is some minimalistic guitar picking, which really makes the heavy riffs feel very heavy, even if they're kind of minimal themselves. Aside from having to skip past the somewhat cardboard dialogue at the beginning of the song, this is one of the best on the record. By this song, the character who remains unnamed is putting his life choices in question. Somebody Is Trying To Kill Me is kind of forgettable. It runs middle of the road in regards to tempo, and is carried by a slightly chuggy riff. It does feature some filtered screams, but I tend to be able to look past it. Somebody Is Trying To Kill Me doesn't do anything that really pops. Get Down kind of suffers the same fate, with a nice heavy riff, but nothing to write home about. It's one of the heavier songs here on The Awakening, so it is kind of unfortunate that I didn't find it that memorable. Speed Demon is a punk rock song, and it works well. It adds a new dynamic to the album, and it's always great to hear P.O.D. go back to some of their old roots. Want It All is one of the most different songs on the album, and will likely be a very divisive song. Reggae isn't the slowdown vibe on this album at all, but that of a 50s gangster movie. I think it's pretty cool. Revolution is a high-energy punk metal song featuring guest vocalist Luke Collar from Sick of It All. This guy brings some heat for this song, as it fires on all cylinders with some very crushy and thrashy riffs. Definitely a highlight of the album. The closer The Awakening is solid, offering big courses and slow heavy riffs as well. While The Awakening may not be my favorite album this year, it is worth a listen through. I moved away from P.O.D. at the end of the Testify album cycle. A lot of people were blaming Jason Truby back in the day for P.O.D.'s shift in sound. Funny, however, that here in 2015, we're still hearing many traces of that sound that Truby brought to the table on their self-titled album Payable on Death. The fundamental elements of Southtown will likely stay my favorite P.O.D. album. The times have changed and P.O.D. never wanted to be pigeonholed into a genre, so it is understandable that an album of that caliber will not cross my path again. Where The Awakening falls short is the dialogue parks that just really kill the momentum and sometimes feel very cardboard. There's more of them than I care to mention. Concept records can be tricky to pull off, I'm assuming. The songwriting has gone south for me. Newcomers to the band will likely find something to love about this album. Don't get me wrong. It's worth checking out. I just find their glory days are behind me. I love their old stuff, but I realize bands have to change and that's okay. It's growth. Fans out there will love this album. Newcomers will love the album and fans that have been bands for years will love this album. I'm sure. But to me, Like I said, Glory Days are kind of behind them. Be sure to check out the highlights, though, like Criminal Conversations, Rise of NWO, and Revolution. The Awakening just hits the good mark as I rate it. Three rocks out of five.
0: Wow, three rocks out of five. He did not really care for that album too much, Paul. And I could tell that uh, you were disagreeing with a lot of what he was saying.
3: (laughs) Okay, here's what I will say. And... Uh, if P.O.D. ever happens to listen to this, I want you to know that everything I'm about to say is mostly positive. Uh, probably my least favorite song on the album, maybe save one other track, is the current single, which is funny because I like the current single. But he's somewhat right. I mean, it isn't horrendously memorable, and it's pretty simple, but I still enjoy it. Uh, how? And the only other thing I will really agree with him on is that the dialogue, eh, it makes it interesting if you're going to listen to the album from start to finish. But I have a feeling that I'm going to open up the the uh, files into audition sometime in the near future, chop out the dialogue and leave just the songs by themselves and those will be the one the versions that go on my iPod just mm-hmm. so that if it comes up and shuffle, it just won't be an annoyance so like I said, you're gonna listen to it all the way through, leave the dialogue. It's not as bad as other stuff that I've heard that was similar, right, but it does feel like maybe they yanked in some people who like maybe they knew to do the voicing on it. it. It it's not horrific, but it is. It's it's a little flat in spots. But the music, I think, is great. I think it's probably one of my at least top three. Okay, that they've ever. Wow. Maybe top four, but somewhere in that neighborhood. I really like it. So.
0: Well, having not yeah. heard it yet, I really have absolutely no opinion whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna keep my yeah, thoughts well. to myself. I'm digging on the new single. Um, you know, I, I definitely think it's it's a good uh, it's a good song. But uh, I'll I'll reserve any other comments until I have an opportunity to actually hear the rest of the album. um, Sounds fair to me. Yeah, I think that'll work. Uh, Let's see here. We have uh, a song blender. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, we do. So let's do it. The Rock in a Hard Place podcast presents (laughs) The Song Blender. Okie dokie then. Time for the song Blender. This time there is going to be no mistakes. I've double checked all the files. I was gonna None say, did you actually
0: listen to them ahead of time to make sure that everything was gonna go I started well?
3: Way ahead of time today. <laughs> and they are all in working order. They are laid out not only in the proper numbered order, but also they are arranged in the numbered order that they should be. So okay. between
0: the two of them,
3: it's uh we we're
0: should good. be doing pretty well then.
3: So yes, I think we should be good. Okay. And I'm pretty proud of myself because I, I pulled a uh, a Michael on this one.
0: Oh. Uh oh.
3: Very evil. I don't know. So here I we go. In I'm case like any this. of you are listening for the very first time, the way this works is we're gonna take a clip from a song that we know that Chris knows or at the very least has heard a good bit, and we're gonna flip it backwards, we're gonna change the pitch, and then see if Chris, in his encyclopedic knowledge, can pull it out of the thin air. <laughs> And label it by title and artist because thus far he has very few failures. But so we're about to rack up one more. I think two. Yeah, I think so.
0: I think two. I think so. All right.
3: So let's hit see me with your
0: best do. shot, Paul.
3: All right, let's see what you can do with this one, my friend.
0: <laughs> That's all you get. Wow so it's a little electronical um can you uh can you play that one again for me well, yeah
3: yeah oh, I'm, 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 I'm. And yes, by the way, if anyone's listening to this and thinking this, I have also noticed this. It almost sounds like it's cursing, but remember, it's backwards. Right, it's not supposed to sound like
0: that. <laughs> that's the that's the backmasking, the satanic message that's, <laughs> that's wrapped right. within the song. So that's that's what you're hearing is the uh, the the evil message in the rock music that we play. Wow. Right. Um, you know, I I I kind of have a, a feeling, but I don't I don't think. I'm ready to say yet, so let's try pulling off the pitch bend, and uh, and let me hear it just backwards. Okay, alright, here we go.
3: <laughs> is your suspicion reinforced, or is it No, shattered? it's
0: actually shifted. <laughs> but now I'm trying to think of the song that it might be.
3: Do you want a hint?
0: No. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of cheating. Um, oh, I was just going
3: to tell you where in the song this, this took place. <laughs> okay. okay.
0: I don't know Is how that, that's... Would that feel too cheating? I, I don't know how that's going to help me, but Okay.
3: What you were hearing is that however long that clip is, what is it? Like seven seconds? You were hearing the last seven seconds of the song.
0: The last seven seconds of the song. Um all right, play it, it
3: has a possibility of helping you, but play I, I it
0: backwards one more time.
3: Okay. Craftsman at the straws. I like it. Here we go. I'm scared. I'm scared.
0: Is it Face Melt by KJ52? Oh, oh, I was so <laughs> close. You I were. I You were very, very close. That was good. <laughs> that was really good.
3: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you next time. <laughs> Excuse me. Next time, Wilson Squirrel. I shall get you. Oh. It will be marvelous.
0: My word, that one, that one was, it was that last time you played it, something clicked and Mm -hmm. I, I, it, it hit me all of a sudden what it was that I was listening to. At first I was thinking Family Force 5 and then, but I was trying to, I was trying to place the song and I couldn't, you know, that, that whole downshift at the end there is quite unique and not something that you uh, that 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 you hear in a lot of songs, so that kind of narrowed it down to a degree. But then when you played it without the pitch bend, I thought it might be NF. And then that last time, that just it, all of a sudden it kind of hit me. That's that it sounded a little bit like KJ. So yeah. wow.
3: Well, and ironically enough, backwards the the witha almost sounds the same forward and as it does backwards. You can't understand the face melt part, right? But when he says witha, it sounds almost the same backwards and forwards i don't know why
0: wow good job dude that was that dude, was close that was amazing you almost had that was me amazing. you almost had me so all right well before we dive into it. our main topic let's uh let's listen to what it is that kirk has for us on the other stuff and uh i think you guys might get a kick out of this so let's see what's going on
2: meanwhile at the hall of justice <laughs> John Foreman is keeping up his releases of The Wonderlands Project with Darkness, the third in a series of four EPs, with each song representing a specific hour of the day. And the burning inside starts to let go,
1: turns into smoke. The illusion is
2: fine and true. it's the- While darkness is darker than sunset or shadow, it is by no means depressing. The songs give you a sense of hope in the darkness and provide a relaxing and thoughtful listen late at night. Foreman keeps up the use of a different producer on each track as well on this EP. This unique take on production impacts the EP sonically, and is probably a factor that keeps the EP from becoming so dark and depressing.
1: Wonderland's
2: Darkness, the latest EP from John Foreman is available everywhere now. Dawn, the final EP in the Wonderland series, will be available October 23rd. This has been Captain Kirk with The Other Stuff for the Rock and the Hard Place podcast.
0: So a little bit different, and uh, I guess something interesting that people might, uh, or something people might find interesting is that coming up soon... John's actually doing like a 24 song like he's going to play a song an hour for like 25 hours. So I'm not sure how well that's going to work but yeah, it I, there was a a thing going around for uh for John that he was going to be doing that at some venue or something. It's it's very interesting. I I wish it were going to be near where I am, but it's, it's somewhere <laughs> nowhere yes, near me. Yes, but let's
3: be honest here, Chris.
0: I wouldn't go for the whole time. Because <laughs> it hit 9 o'clock and I'd be going... Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well sorry. I'll
3: yeah. see you tomorrow morning. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. So, Well, our main topic is uh, a post that Bruce put onto our Facebook page. And if you don't know about our Facebook page, you should go to facebook.com slash rock and a hard place podcast and a uh, brief put together an article that is titled the five bands leading the charge for the future of christian rock so paul and i decided you know we should probably take a look at this and see what if anything on this list we agree with uh um, yeah so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today: is uh, deciding how much, if any, that we agree with some of these bands on this list. So you you read the list overall, Paul. What's what's kind of your overall feeling?
3: My overall feeling is that that lists like this are such clickbait. I think everyone's trying to come up with them. <laughs> um, that's my first impression. Yeah, uh, because some of these, some of these, I want to believe are true. But most of them, I think, are kind of a reach. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I agree with the intro statement more than anything else. I'll read it. It's really short. Um, But the rest of them, I'm just like, "Eh, I don't know. Anyway, it says uh, it seems that Christian rock music comes in waves of every five to ten years when a group of bands sweep into the scene and dominate music. In the late 90s, early 2000s, it was POD, Project 86, Blindside and a few others. Mid-2000s saw Under Oath, Haste the Day, As Cities Burn. I don't know if I really agree with As Cities Mm -hmm. Burn in that mix. I think people want that to be true, but I don't think it is. Side (laughs) note over. And a slew of other hardcore bands. The late 2000s had early teens and early teens had more alternative groups, such as Red, Skillet, and Flyleaf. So who is in the new class that will take Christian rock into the next few years? The other real big problem I have with that, aside from the ad city's Burn statement, is that it cracks me up that they qualify Red Skillet and Flyleaf as alternative rock, right? Um, but the other ones are normal rock. The other right. ones are like hardcore and like rapcore bands.
0: Well, um, so I mean, that's kind of a big—that's kind of a big thing. The, the idea of rock is is kind of broad and somewhat yeah. subjective, dependent upon the person who's trying to communicate to you. Uh, who these bands are and what they play. You know, I I mean, how many times do we see Sanctus Real and Mercy Me and these guys listed as Christian rock bands? (laughs) When in our opinion, uh, in our absolutely 100% correct opinion, nothing could be further from the truth. They are adult contemporary, possibly even leaning slightly towards pop style bands.
3: Yes, they are the Phil Collins of Christian music.
0: <laughs> right. Right. I mean it's the it's the kind of stuff you hear on a Christian Adult AC, uh which stands for Adult Contemporary. Um on on that type of of a radio station. Um you know, it's it's what they they classify as soccer moms listening to. Typically women who are in their 30s with 2.5 kids running around all day doing grocery shopping and soccer runs and all kinds of things. Now, I'm not being, like, rude here. This is the, the honest demographic that they have listed. And and honestly, they've given this listener a name, and they call her Becky. Right. So this is, this is the – and that's who they target towards is they look at everything that they do, and it's got to fit within the realm of what will Becky listen to. Right. So I'm I'm not telling tales out of school. I'm not making fun of people who listen to that kind of music. I'm just saying, industry-wide – That's the demographic of the adult contemporary Christian stations, the Christian pop and and easy listening type stations. So with that in mind, you know, uh, whoever decides to call a particular band rock, they may or may not know what the heck they're talking about.
3: (laughs) Right? Oh boy. It's so much fun. And I always love that people who work for mainstream newspapers Somehow they're the ones getting it wrong. Right. That's what I really don't understand. They're not the ones who are usually listening to this in the first place. I'm wondering who they're asking. Yeah. I I don't understand it. Yeah. But anyway. No, I'm right there with you. So back to the list. Let's talk about the list. So the first band they mention is a band that I like, although I've only heard a couple of tracks from them. But what I've heard, I think, is really good. But the band is Silent Planet. First off, they are a metal band. They're a metalcore band. They're really, really heavy. Not really rock either.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I I oh, agree. You know, Dustin's that. Dustin's done some, uh, some interviews uh, with Silent Planet a couple of times. And if people are interested in hearing them, they can go to uh, Broken FM's website and click on the interviews tab. And you'll actually see um, a Mayhem edition, M-A-Y-H-E-M, Mayhem edition of the interviews. And you can go through and check out the interviews that he's done. He's done one or two with the guys from Silent Planet. And they seem like super guys. Dustin's a big fan of their music. um, But they're not what we would call a typical rock band in that we don't play a lot of their stuff during the daytime at Broken FM. I can't necessarily play them at the same time as I can play a Skillet or a Disciple or a Striper or a Red you know, or even a uh, Love and Death. You know, Love and Death kind of bridges the gap a little bit between because Brian does some screamo, but he tempers it with some other stuff going on. You know, Silent Planet definitely pushes the envelope towards the hardcore, or, I mean, they call themselves a metalcore band. So there's a lot of that hardcore influence that's going to be in their music. So... I guess when you're looking at whoever compiled this list, it's still going to be colored by what they deem as rock, and apparently metalcore is now bumped up to the rock genre. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, but, yeah, I, I just I don't know, and, and I mean you know it's okay. I mean this next band I think fits in a little bit more and on the level that most of the bands that they listed at least from a specific era before uh fit into and that band is islander and they would have fit in great on tour with pod and blindside and project 86 back in the day and ironically enough they're touring with pod now yeah they, or they were just in... got done with pod you know i mean so they're they still have that connect
0: yeah they were in san francisco a few weeks ago and i would have loved to have had an opportunity to go see them but unfortunately uh Things did not work out to make that happen. But the the big thing about Islander though is they're they're one of those bands that apparently most of them are believers, but the band themselves, they are not classifying themselves specifically as a Christian band.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. No no lie. And I mean it, it's and it's funny because I would say that they're getting more and more into the believer realm because they have now, if I'm not mistaken, and somebody's welcome to correct me on this, but uh, okay, so they got, they've got Mike who's their lead singer, who's a Christian, but since the band has been formed, their guitarist left. They've replaced him with JR from Love and Death, mm-hmm. also a Christian, and now I believe their drummer is their former drummer from Red. I don't know if he's an official member of the band or if he's just a touring member. Oh. So who knows? At this point, it may just be their bassist, and I don't know anything about his spiritual journey at all, so right. who knows?
0: Right. So that's Islander. Um the the next band again is more of a hard rock metal band uh called the Ongoing Concept. And these guys I I certainly don't want to I certainly don't want you to think that I'm calling them gimmicky cuz that's that's not what I'm headed for at all, but honestly the their latest album was put together um, on instruments that they built by hand. Like, they cut down the tree and they milled the wood and they made their instruments.
3: Which, I guess, is as cool of a a gimmicky hook as anybody has got nowadays. (laughs) I don't know of anyone who's ever done that. And, I mean, this is for their sophomore album. I mean, they did their first album on instruments that... (laughs) other people made but you know what right. <laughs> i don't
0: what know other people made their instruments that's that's not good that's not good no but you know i, I mean and again dustin has had an opportunity to interview uh i want to say his name was dawson from the ongoing concept uh it's it's three brothers and um of course the page decides to automatically refresh right as i'm uh Trying to, to read here. Uh, three brothers and they say one almost brother that play an organized chaos of metal and progressive rock. Uh, their latest release, Handmade, showcases, uh, showcases this the best. The band literally handmade the album as they cut down trees and crafted their drums and guitars. However, it was not simply a gimmick. The album has universally blown people away because of their ability to shape intense and passionate tracks. And they're currently on tour with Norma Jean, who is uh, out there for their Oh God, The Aftermath 10-year tour. So, you know, uh, the ongoing concept, I don't think they're going anywhere. But again, they are much more on the heavier side of the rock sound to where most people I I don't think are going to really dive into that. I think it's a little more select genre for them. Yeah,
3: and I mean, it, it's it's hard for me to, to to dog on some of the heavy guys too much because, I mean, totally. they're not too far off when they say that Haste the Day and Under Oath made a huge splash. I mean, and I didn't even realize because I remembered Haste the Day being known as that Zayo ripoff band right. when they first got started. I right. remember that. And then all of a sudden, I saw them on one of the like the last six years of Cornerstone headline the main stage. And I'm like, really? They're headlining the main? Okay. And I got there and it was nuts. I mean, like practically the festival emptied out in front of the main stage where everybody was there and everyone knew their songs. And I'm just going, when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, and I like them. I really do. And I, and I'm glad that they got back together and put out new stuff. You know, all, all that's great. Uh, but you know, it's, it's weird. I can't always predict what's going to be huge, but these, these bands, I would like for them to get big, but it, it feels like a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially goes for this next band who I just had on the show. Great dudes. Um, and I think their, and their album is really good, but they've got one record. I mean, they've recently just changed their name and changed their style. The band is X, X, I, which apparently that is how they want it said. It's not 21, mm-hmm. even though that's what it represents. Um, but I mean, I think they could, I think they've got a shot, but at the same time, it seems rather, uh, brazen early, (laughs) early (laughs) to say these guys are the next big thing. Like they put out one record under this name with this lead singer. Um, you know, it's like their album has been out less than like two months. It just seems really stinking early to be saying that.
0: So no, I, I, I agree. And while I am loving everything that I'm hearing from XXI so far, um, you know, I, I certainly don't have issue with anything that they've done. And, and I think it's great the way that they've been able to reformulate themselves since losing their lead singer and being known as a Feast for Kings. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's great that they're able to continue to go on and to change things up, to make it different. Uh, than what they were doing as a Feast for Kings, but I, with you, I agree that it is a bit early uh, to be calling them the future. Um, you know, I think we need to see an album or two more in order to um, in order to really tell what they're going to be able to do. Yeah,
3: yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, uh, now the who's... final band, I think both of us are going to have issue with this one. <laughs> no no really yeah go yeah, ahead bad christian signing king's kaleidoscope and that's the band i want to like i really do like to describe them just like oh like reading the description of them i'm thinking man i need to go back and listen to that record again maybe yeah. it's
0: better than i remember <laughs> it's not
3: and I don't think it's bad. It is just totally not in my wheelhouse. It's it's odd, quirky, funky praise and worship music that's got, like, they keep on saying it's got a progressive rock undertone, and I don't see it. I really don't. And I think people have different things in mind when they say progressive rock. I think what they're trying to say is, like, maybe, like, the quirkiest things the queen ever did. Mm-hmm. That's progressive rock to some people. Yeah. And... You know maybe that's right, and I'm wrong. I don't know, but it, it's I wanna like this band so much and and I just I haven't thus far I, you know I think that they're I, I they're one of those bands when people are like I really like stuff that's different, and yeah. you can tell that they're all about stuff that's different because it's different. This is one of those bands I point them to be like, oh check out king's kaleidoscope
0: so these guys so. are one of the Mars Hill bands uh they've been around since two thousand and ten uh and i I mean How many bands that we know of that we've heard have Mars Hill put out? It's like four or five, right?
3: Yeah, there's Ghost Ship and Citizens and Saints, formerly just Citizens. Uh, Seems like there's one. Oh, did
0: Citizens change their name? Yeah, and it's Citizens and Saints now? I I hadn't heard that. I thought that was a different band. No, same band. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that shows you how But. Uh, so, again, another, another Mars Hill church band because they're a, they were a massive organization that had right. lots of different praise and worship teams and, um, and that kind of stuff. So, now, that, that doesn't mean that they're not good because, honestly, King's Kaleidoscope has the ability to make good music. Um, their album is not bad. It is not for everybody. And it is not, in my opinion, a rock album. Um, there's a lot of electronica with it, um, some fills and things like that, that you don't necessarily hear in normal rock, but I don't feel like you've got enough of the real heavy guitar to drive it towards the rock sound. My opinion. Okay. yeah. And I'll
3: totally throw in with you on that. It's weird because we've got, we've got, these are the bands are going to be good. Metal, 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 almost metal, funk.
0: Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> no, and that's the so that's what frustrates me about these articles, you know. And and again, it's not that the article's bad, it's that yeah. I just disagree with 99% of what it's saying, <laughs> you know. Oh, by
3: uh, the way, two, two quick asides, or whether one quick aside, I guess. Uh, Citizens is now Citizens and
0: Saints. I just looked at okay. Yeah. Well, good to know. See, mm-hmm. I learned something today. So, there you go. If you want to read through that article yourself, you can actually go to uh, Briefcast and check it out, or you can go to the Rock and a Hard Place podcast um, Facebook page and check it out for Self and see exactly what it is that we have been talking about. Um, if you disagree with us, we would love to know. So go ahead and make a comment on our Facebook page about how stupid Paul and I are for saying what we've said and that uh, you need to put us in our place and teach us a thing or two about what is truly rock music. It's the same thing with doing headphone reviews. Because, honestly, headphones are subjective. You cannot you you cannot say, oh, these headphones are the best you'll ever need because everybody's ears are different. Everybody hears at different frequencies. Everybody, you know, they, they listen to different things. But if you want kind of a good overall average experience, I would recommend checking out our sponsors at tweakedaudio.com. Do you like that segue, Paul? That
3: was nice. I might take a little difference with the term average. I, I would say if you want an even sound, you're not looking for anything that's really treble and you're not looking for you know the right. sound, then you got it.
0: Definitely. So check out our sponsor, TweakedAudio.com. Uh, seven different styles, seven different colors, lots of options. And uh, check this out. Free shipping. Okay? Awesome. Awesome. Lifetime warranty. Also awesome. Lots of stuff to choose from, still more awesome. But here is one thing that uh, that we can do for you. If when you order your pair of Tweet Audio headphones and you click the checkout button, there's going to be a little box that you can fill in with a coupon code. And we would like you to use the code HARDPLACE. That's right. All one word, HARDPLACE. And that gives you a 33% discount off of your purchase. How awesome is that everybody loves discounts especially in today's day and age so check it out tweakedaudio.com and we thank them so very much for their sponsorship mm-hmm. all right paul what we have uh, noise trade picks and we have a would you add it so which direction do you want to go
3: uh, let's do the noise trade pr- picks really quick because they'll require slightly less discussion and then okay. we can do the awesome Cool. The first one is actually from Noise Trade. Actually both of them are this week. Uh it is from the new full-length album by Joey the Jerk, uh one of the full-time members of LA Symphony, which always makes me like, smile just a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it's it's very different from your average hip-hop as both of these uh picks will be. But this is a tr- uh track from that the the song is called Chase the Day and it features a guy named Landon Gifter. I think it's P I E TR. So, could be wrong, but it's a jazzy track. See what you guys think.
1: Leaving you will force negativity, the inspiration
0: will So, get up, get out, and get something. That's every day, every hour, every minute, get to hunting. You will track it, you will chase it, you will catch it, and let your success rate change
1: the yeah. action.
3: And if that sounded a bit hot, it is. The track itself is just a little bit hot. So some of the mixing, I think, could be slightly better. But still, overall jamming, Uh, you can check it out. It's a full-length release called Catch Me If You Can by Joey the Jerk.
0: Yeah, the bass on it was fuzzing out a little bit, and I don't know if it's because I'm using my cheap Apple earbuds to do the podcast with or if it was (laughs) uh, something else going on there. So I'll have to check it out post-Apple earbuds. There we go. There
3: we go. And uh, the next one is one that I know we've talked about a few times, at least as far as the artist itself. And we may have had him as noise trade pick before, but he's a newer signing to Humble Beast. And he goes by Jay Givens. And uh, Kirk reminded me that I should definitely do this one. And he was absolutely right. It's super cool, super quirky. I like it. It's just what you would expect from the guys at Humble Beast. And uh, the track is called Super Low Key. And the all album is called Fly Exam. Here we go. No example of an automatic
4: 47 blast in a residential way, but the flow bananas take a potassium symbol. That's a JK element. Spinning all my days on the west side. Oh, oh, PQRS is for sun on set. I'm a sun from the left coast. Dubs up for the place where the sun sets. Because I can only dream of while the sun goes west. But I can't even see just what the sun sees best. Died on a tree in the shape of a T. He emits UVs just to it up up you. You. get to know me. You, 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 you. A little more.
3: I I like the most. Wow, that's different, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I like that. That sounded good. Yeah. Kind of smooth. Very right.
3: much. So awesome. yeah, once again, the album is called Fly Exam. You can grab the whole thing off of noisetrade.com for pay what you want, which of course includes free.
0: Excellent. Yeah, Always right. nice to have good free music. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Well, uh, we've got would you added, and of course, I was lazy this week, so I don't have anything to uh, to share. But Paul, thankfully, does. And so, uh, what um, what are we what are we talking about tonight, Paul? Is this a is this a rock song? Is this a pop song? Is it crap? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I I have mixed feelings
3: about this. And this song I featured last week on the show.
0: Was it your and, uh, secret track?
3: No, it was not the secret track. Okay. I don't think. I'm pretty sure it was on last week's show. I don't think. Yeah, it was last week's show. Um, Viridia just released a new EP called Pretty Lies. Yes. And of course, we both liked the last EP. Hmm. And I don't know what I think about this. It it feels different, but I don't know if it's good different or bad different. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Chris, would you add this?
1: If I change, what I find.
3: how
0: the song goes.
3: That's the whole song? The, no, I mean, you know, there, there's obviously more verses, and, and it varies itself a little bit, but it's right. very um, electronic-heavy, but not in a really dub sort of way like the electronics moments were in the last one. Right. Um, and I don't know, but uh, before I generate my thoughts, I want to hear what you think about
0: it. Well, so I don't think the song itself is is bad. We are spinning it currently on Broken. Okay. So I, I want to make that clear. The the decision, you know, was made by Tim to go ahead and play it because it's Viridia, a known band, um, mm-hmm. and we have enjoyed their stuff in the past. So I personally haven't really sat down and, like, listened to the song, but I do know that Tim actually got off of Play MPE a little clip that Dina actually explains what the song is about. I right. uh, have you have you heard that clip, Paul? I have
3: access to it, but I haven't listened to it yet. Okay.
0: So, I mean it's it's basically just a it's kind of a kind of a teen angst song and letting people know about all of the pretty little lies that we are either told or that we tell ourselves about us. Right, um, yeah. You know, and, and so I mean, thematically I don't think it's a bad song. I don't know. Um, Who do I? I don't think it'll chart, at least not like, I don't think it'll end up number one. Right. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't hate it.
3: Yeah. And I don't really hate it either. My thoughts on it, or at least my first reaction, and I don't know that it's necessarily gone away, is that, and and if Rydia, if you guys are ever listening to this, I love you guys. I think you will create some great music. This is not my favorite song of yours, but mainly because my reaction to it was it felt like a song that Rihanna would sing. Mm -hmm. It has that, and maybe it's just because the chorus has that kind of like, very, very short repetitiveness to it that makes me think of songs like Umbrella. You know, <laughs> Ella. And, Ella, and Ella. I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, but it, it just didn't feel like a Viridia song to me. And there's a remix of it on the EP and it doesn't
0: sound like a Viridia song either. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I am just about to the. Uh i'm I'm logging into playing p e right now to see if I can't find that uh let's see story behind the song that is a fifty five second one is there a shorter one no maybe not let me let me download this real quick and see if i can't uh get it into play i just i, I kind of like her her words um just explaining what the song's about i think it does a a better job of of at least informing, whoa, that is not what I asked to happen. Wow, it automatically played it for me in my iTunes. Wasn't that special? <laughs> that was very special. Okay, so let me get it in here real quick. It does a better job of explaining kind of what her her thought process was behind it. And I don't know, maybe it paints a, a, a better picture of the song in people's heads as um, – you know, sometimes that kind of thing can can make a big difference to somebody in in how they interpret a song. Is that is that making any sense, Paul? With sure. with what I'm saying. So let's uh, let's hear what it is that she has to say. And why are you not coming through the system? Play through device. That is kind of weird. There we go.
2: Hey, this is Dina from the band Viridia. Our song Pretty Lies was written to expose every lie that the world tells us about not being good enough. We refuse to believe in someone else's definition of beauty or success, and we really hope that this song reminds listeners to love every part of themselves as the perfectly imperfect human beings we were created to be. Thank you so much for listening to our new song, Pretty Lies.
0: So I don't know if that is going to change anybody's opinion about what they think of the song or or the message behind it. And again, we're not dogging on the song itself. It just it's would we add it? I don't know if I were the ultimate program director at Broken, I don't know that I would have necessarily added that song. But I'm not saying that Tim made a mistake in adding no. it. So I want to be clear, you know, I'm not upset with him or disappointed or whatever that he decided to to add it. It's his job to try and do what he feels is ultimately best for the station. I just don't know that I would have made that same decision and I still stand by my statement that it it may chart but is certainly I don't think it's going to crack the top 10.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I would I would probably say the same. And it cracks me up because when I was I was sent the record by the the label and they didn't label them the way that they did on MPE, so I got it a little bit before MPE, and I didn't realize Maddie Mullins was on the song until yeah. after I'd already played it. <laughs> but it makes sense on a certain level because the the production style of the song reminds me of the production style on Maddie Mullins' solo stuff. Right. Which also is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know. I just really liked Viridia's uh, more guitar-infused with dubstep kind of sound. And, and this, I don't know... It, it's not my favorite side of them. It, I'm with you. It's not bad. It's just not, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily what I wanted. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, exactly. So, exactly. Anyway. That's exactly how I feel. Well, that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for hanging out. We have had a lot of fun getting together and chatting about all of this garbage. And uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, you can reach us at DJ, uh, oh, excuse me. You can reach us at rockandahardplacepodcast at gmail dot com. My uh, my brain is not working well right now. Rock and a Hard Place Podcast at gmail.com. You can go to our uh, website rockandahardplacepodcast.com. That takes you to our Facebook page, which is facebook dot slash rockandahardplacepodcast. We want to thank Jay for his review, and we want to thank Kirk for his uh, other stuff with the John Foreman. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash R-N-A-H-P. If you feel that we uh, serve a purpose and that what you hear here has value, go check out our Patreon page. Become a supporter. You can support for as little as a penny a month if that's how you so choose. But we would greatly appreciate any support that you guys could give.
3: I don't know. Is getting a penny a month from somebody, is that like getting a penny tip at a restaurant?
0: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe well, you know, it's supposed to be a value for value model. So if you feel right. it's worth only a penny, then give you a penny. Need to find something
3: better to listen to. <laughs> I
0: would agree <laughs> with that. That's like microwaving a pop tart because you don't have time to put it in the toaster. You know, uh, <laughs> it's that kind of a it's that kind of an idea. So uh, that is going to do it for us. We are going to head out of here. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Chris Cooner,
3: and I'm Paul Gibson.
0: And we will do our best to see you next week. Have a good one, y'all.